Hi guys, welcome to the Overeaters Anonymous 100 pounder special focus meeting of, Over of Overeaters Anonymous. On, it is Wednesday the 5th of May, Cinco de Mayo, and today I am delighted to present Lewis S. from Los Angeles. Lewis has been in Overeaters Anonymous since 2016 and he is now going to share his experience, strength and hope with us. Take it away, Lewis. Hi everyone, how's it going? I wanted to say good morning, but it's good evening or good afternoon for everyone else, but then I'm like, time zones and I get very confused very easily. Uh, my name's Lewis, I'm a compulsive overeater. Is it a coincidence that Rita asked me to be here on Cinco de Mayo and I'm Mexican? Maybe, but I said, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so grateful to be here. First, right off the bat, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that, yeah, it's, I came in in 2016, New Year's Eve. And it's funny, it took me five years uh, uh, to, to come into a meeting and be happy to see your faces. That's, that's how, that's how much of a miracle this has been for me. And, uh, also right off the bat, I know this is being recorded, but I'm going to show, uh, some pictures and I'll do a little descriptor, um, because I need to identify, right? I need you to see that I'm like you and that you're like me. And, um, yeah. And, and just the toll that this, this takes on or the toll it took on my body. Um, just real quick, here's me at 380 pounds. Uh, I was laughing with a fellow who's here today uh, about how, you know, when I was at this weight, I would, you know, we would double layer the shirt, an open shirt over another shirt because, you know, that's slimming. Um, but uh, 380 pounds, I, I was living a life that most people would love, but I don't remember much of it. You know, I was in a food haze, alcohol haze at the time, and just kind of running rampant through life, you know, just kind of getting through things instead of, of living them. Um, uh, I, the, the drinking, the alcohol was relieved, but uh, lost 100 pounds, still morbidly obese, um, still just kind of getting through things. See, oh, by the way, what I love is about the mid 2000s, if you guys were around, you know, baggy clothes were in, uh, still not slimming. So here it is, 2006, my lowest weight at 175 pounds. And what's, what, what, what's great about this is that like, you know, and I say this every time, so I'm sorry if you've heard this from me before. You don't need me to tell you how to lose weight, right? You don't need me to tell you about my food plan or anything like that. You know, what, whatever your flavor of disease is, if you need to gain weight, lose weight, whatever, you don't need me for that. Um, and this picture is a great example of that. 175 pounds. And here I am, if you're, if, if you're listening to the recording, there's just a guy sitting at a, at a restaurant table with a mug, a beer mug of water with an absolutely ridiculously crazed look on his face. There is no peace in that man's head. And, and there is definitely uh, a God-sized hole in that person's chest. And it hurts. It hurts. You can, you can white knuckle it. And it's an unpleasant ride. But what happens, right? What happens when, when life comes a knocking, right? When, when things get serious again, my old friend food will always come knocking. And I will gladly swing that door open. This is uh, a couple of years before I came into the program. This is a few years before you guys saved my life. And here, you know, again, 320 plus pounds, morbidly obese, again, 
this uh, this guy here, still insane in the head, still a God-sized hole in his chest, and with a kidney transplant. And it takes work. I put on those 100 plus pounds in, in about a year, and that takes effort, right? That's not an easy task. Uh, let me leave you with the pictures on a light note. This is me last year. This is my natal birthday. 201 pounds at the time, uh, 195 now. Um, I still don't like wearing pants. And uh, this was on my natal birthday, probably one of the best birthdays I, I ever had. Um, my birthday was just last month. And again, I was so grateful to spend it with, with people that I deeply care about. Um, let me tell you uh, that I'm not special. There's nothing special about me. There's nothing I did uh, uh, to deserve or earn, or there's no prize I won. There's no cereal box thing that I got out that has warranted me having neutrality around the food today. I'm not special. There's nothing that, that uh, there's no contest I won, right? There's no uh, reality TV show that I was on to give me a higher power that I 110% believe has my back. I'm just a guy who was in enough pain to finally do things someone else's way. And I love the way the book describes it, right? That be eaten into a state of reasonableness. And it's crazy how much of a pain sponge that I could, that I was for 37 years. Um, I want to read something real quick. It's page 124 in the big book. It always reminds me of why, why I say yes to, to, to speaking with you guys and, and, and just sharing my story with anyone. If you call, you know, it's the same premise. Uh, showing others who suffer how we were given help is the very thing which makes life seem so worthwhile to us now. Cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others, with it you can avert death and misery for them. Um, I came into the rooms uh, January, or yeah, probably January 2016. I remember sitting in a meeting, 320 pounds, and I sat down and there was a woman um, who was blonde, uh, normal uh, body weight, who said she was um, anorexic. And I desperately wanted to leave, but within two minutes, I heard my story. And I sat the entirety of that meeting crying my eyes out. And I desperately wanted to leave. And someone stopped me and said, you know, we're going to get together. And if you'd like to come, you know, we'd like to chat with you. And, you know, look, I used to lie for no reason. I'd just be like, yeah, I'll be there. And then I spent 30 minutes at an ATM <laughs> debating if I would actually go. I go and uh, it was weird, right? Like to meet, finally meet, I thought I was the only compulsive overeater, right? I didn't have a name for it. I thought that I was the only person, I really thought this, that I was the only person who ate in a very disturbing way. I thought I was the only one. So then when I tell these people what it is that I did with the food, and they're just nodding their heads. That's a freaking miracle right there. 
And the fact that we're all here, right, from different parts of the world, you know, what a great reminder Zoom has been that we're not alone, that we're not the only compulsive eaters in our city. We're not the only compulsive eaters in our town. There's so many of us around the world. The causes and conditions, right? The reasons don't matter. I'm positive that I was born this way. And every morning I wake up again, a compulsive overeater. Um, it's funny, yesterday I was, uh, I was at a meeting and we, <laughs> we read this part uh, from, <laughs> from more about alcoholism. Then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. Though I had been only a nominal churchman, their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow. But the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. That was not easy. And, and what I love about Fred's story there is that the, the program of action is drastic. But a few paragraphs before, he doesn't remember getting on a plane, flying to New York, and driving around with a taxi cab driver. That's not drastic. But me looking at my side of things and reaching out for a power greater than myself seems a bit much. Um, I almost forgot to, to, to welcome the newcomers. Uh, you know, I, I, you guys are the most important people here. And um, I want you to know that, you know, I've been in that seat. And I've sat there and heard uh, these people talk and tell my story. And if you don't hear it from me today, you know, I hope you hear it from someplace. But uh, when I first came into the rooms, I came in with an incredible resentment towards God. I, I was born with uh, more than a few medical issues. And in my head, I thought that uh, I was alive uh, despite God, not because of God. And of course, you know, like any good addict, when the doctor says, you know, the, uh, you know you're, you're in danger of losing your kidneys, um, you know, my solution in my head, right, in, in my infinite wisdom is, is to eat more. Um, to do to do my way, right? I because I'm the one with the medical degree. Uh, I did end up losing my kidneys, and I didn't have a way. And the spiritual program of action, and I white knuckled it the entire way. Um, when I got out of the hospital, I remember the doctor telling me, "Lewis, you've got to stay away from crowds, people, kids. You know, definitely don't go to the gym." My best ideas My best had me on the treadmill. Whoa. Uh, thanks, Donna. Uh, the, the, the thing that, the thing, sorry, I lost my truth. Um, my best ideas had me on the treadmill. My, my best ideas have me hiding food when I was married, paying for cash, you know, so it doesn't show up on the credit card bill. My best ideas had me bulldozing my way through life. And I'm so grateful today uh, 
for this program because I wasn't given my old life back. I was given something so much better. And I couldn't have imagined it happening to me, right? I didn't think it was possible. If you had told me five years ago, Lewis, you're gonna, you're gonna fire yourself from the job of running the world and solving everyone's problems and you're not gonna eat over it, I would have told you you were crazy. But that's what I have today, right? I don't have that voice in my head that tells me I'm a piece of crap. I don't have that voice in my head that tells me I'm the smartest or, or, or cleverest guy around. There's neutrality around the food. I have God in my life. I love my life today. What the hell is that? I didn't come into these rooms looking for that, right? I just wanted my shirt to close finally and button. And it makes me cry because there are people in these rooms that I love. And that I've built these incredible friendships with. And the fact that I can tell you guys anything, you know, earlier chatting with, you know, Tanya and, you know, Rita always, but the fact that I can tell you guys anything, I don't, I don't, you know, Tina C here, I don't even know, but I can chat with her and we will, we will understand each other. And it's such a freaking gift to not have, forget the physical portion, right? The fact that, that it was hard to move, that, that in, in you know, I'm originally from Chicago in the Midwest, and you know, you've got 100% humidity you know, in the summertime, and you know, just, you're just sweating because you're already you know, over 300 pounds and, and trying to get around. Like, like, forget, forget that, forget that, that I can walk, you know, go into my closet today and just go grab, grab a shirt, throw it on and not have to sit there and do the, do the angles and all that. Forget that. Forget that I can go into a restaurant and, and not worry about the food, you know, or, or, and focus on the people. Forget all that. Forget all that. Forget all that. I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. And every morning. I thank God for that. Every morning, I do prayer and I do meditation because my I'm born with a busted antenna. And my higher power is always there sending out the signals, right? Lewis, here's your job today. Lewis, this is the plan today. And I can't get those signals. And pardon my French, if my head's up my ass. I need that prayer meditation to tune the antenna because without that, let me tell you something, Lewis starts to get a lot of good ideas and that's no bueno for anybody. Today, I work under the premise that I don't know nothing. I don't know anything. Everything from 2016 to today 
is, is knowledge that was given to me, right? Grace that was given to me. None of this was generated by, by, by this big head of mine. There are people in this room who taught me how to grocery shop. There are people in this room who, who will say to me, Lewis, you know, what's going on with your food? There are people in this room who taught me how to talk. I've learned so much from all of you. And this is what we do, right? I'm given this gift and I'm given an opportunity to give it away. Today, I, I, I don't make any unilateral food decisions. Susan's gonna laugh. But I, I, uh, I, I tell people, look, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a plumber. <laughs> oh, she's laughing right now. <laughs> uh, I'm not a plumber and I don't mess around with under my sink, right? I'm not a mechanic. I don't sit there and mess with my car, right? I'm a born and bred compulsive overeater and I don't mess with the food. That's a fact, right? That's not, that's not none of this, my truth, you know, your truth. That's the truth. Today, I get to live life on life's terms. There is discomfort, man. Sometimes life comes hard and fast. But what I love is that, you know, the peaks and the valleys come, right? And I heard someone once say, right, but we can't park it. The good stuff, the bad stuff, it all ends. It's not permanent. Today, I get to practice compassion. It's not my default. I'm sure you'll find that surprising. I get to give service. Also not my default. I practice tolerance, definitely not my default. And my favorite thing that I, I love is that when, when it's like, someone said this, like, gosh, and I can't remember who, someone will message me and tell me what, who said this, but it was like, not even, you know, tolerance, but just, you know, just this of other people, right? Tolerance of my discomfort. What a gift it is to, to know where I am at this minute and have my feet firmly grounded. Before, before this transformation, you know, a, a spiritual experience that I had, you know, I was a, a being that ran on fear, right? And at the end of the day, for me, fear is just like, I'm afraid things aren't going to go my way. fear that, that I'll have to do something I don't want to do. You know, I, I, I used to tell people like, I'm just a control freak. I love control. I'm a, no, no, I'm a perfectionist, right? I'm a perfectionist. Things have to be perfect. You know, no, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm just a control freak. Things have to go my way or else, you know, I'm not happy. Gosh, this feels like a long time to talk. 
but yeah, this, <laughs> but what a gift this has been. Um, let me tell you the good stuff, right? Or more of the good stuff. You know, working these steps as they're outlined in the big book, you know, have really opened up life for me. It's rebuilt relationships, you know, that I thought were lost because I thought they were lost, right? Not reality. What I thought. I reconnected with friends from, from back home. Uh, my father, great example. You know, I could tell you I ate because my dad has yet to say, I love you. You know, I'm 43 years old. And to make amends with my dad, that was a miracle. To sit there and build better relationships with my brothers. We grew up as strangers almost. And the fact that we can text each other now and go, I love you. That's a miracle. That I can tell my friends anything. That's a miracle. Me having rigorous honesty is a miracle. Holy crap. I could, I'm, like, I would just lie as a reflex. And to do it in real time, let me tell you, especially in the beginning, it's not easy. But you sort of have these, you sort of have these trust falls, right, with God. You know, I did a lot of acting as if in the beginning, and I'd ask myself what someone with more recovery or with a with a with a real higher power would do. And then and then that dimmer switch sort of came on, and and all of a sudden, you know. Like I always liken it to, to, to living life in a dark room and then someone slowly turning the lights on. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, I'm, I'm like bathed in the sunlight of the spirit. And it really feels like that. And that's an insane thought. You know, it's something I thought I would never have. And I love that, that it's a, it's a higher power just for me. Um, it's made me a better, the, the 12 steps, you know, and that spiritual experience made me a better manager. I have compassion for my people. I'm not picking at them or anything like that. Made me a better friend. I actually show up to things now. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I'm at a loss for, for where else to go. It just seems like so much time. Uh, and I feel bad for all the people who are uh, listening going, where's he going next? I'll just say this. If you're struggling today, take someone's hand, right? Reach out. Someone was willing to walk me through the steps and answer all my questions. You guys were willing to, to, show, me, to show me what you did to stay recovered. Oh, perfect. Okay. Thanks, Susan. I just got a great text from someone. Oh, from Susan. So let me tell you how I got here. <laughs> Listen, you rely on your friends, man. You rely on your friends. So in 2016, 2015, New Year's Eve, right? I was sitting in this very apartment and um, stop, don't stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, I was sitting in this very apartment and I was sitting on the couch 
um, convinced, right, that no one gave a shit about me, no one cared. And, you know, I was doing the, the doom scroll through the phone, you know, and it, it weighed a thousand pounds. And, you know, I had, uh, <laughs> so stupid. I had the Netflix fireplace on and I took a picture for social media, you know, going everyone, you know, have a great, uh, uh, safe, uh, New Year's Eve, you know, and, and I just, I, the real truth was I just wanted to die that night. I just wanted it over. You know, I, I was isolated, right? The, the disease had me full on wrapped in its clutches and I didn't know how to get out. Something in the back of my, my head, right? Uh, said, get help. So for me, right, I'm like therapist. I'll go to the therapist. And I go to the therapist and what I love about the therapist is like, it's great. Cause you can go, Hey, listen, I pay you, you fix me. We're good. I don't do any group crap, you know? And then we get this all done, hush, hush under the table, whatever. And, uh, it took, I, it, this kills me. It took two, two sessions, right. For her to go, Lewis, you're an addict with food. And I had never heard that before. And it was a literal punch in the chest, not literal, but it felt like a punch in the chest. And I did an ugly cry for the full session, like a real ugly, ugly cry. And uh, she asked me if I'd heard of Overeaters Anonymous. I said, no. And she said, if I was willing to go to a meeting, I said, no, right? And this is it, this is it, right? The, the pain sponge that I, that I was, you know? I had to take a beating some more before I was willing to even make a phone call to the office. The nice lady on the phone said, Lewis, great. There's a meeting less than a mile from your house. I go, great. Where, where is it? And uh, uh, what time? They're like, oh, it's at, uh, on a Sunday. I'm like, mm, that's when I go to Dunkin' Donuts. Maybe I don't want, I don't know. They're like, I go, what time's it at? 7.30 in the morning. Oh, thanks. Click. Ain't happening, honey. But right, life had to beat the crap out of me some more. I had to take some more body blows. And, and I crawled into that first meeting. I crawled into that first meeting. Very uncomfortable. And I was wearing that shirt that I desperately wanted to be able to like button up again. I sat in the back of the room and I hated the fact <laughs> they, they identified, they have the newcomers identify. And I did it for like what felt like 16 times. Would any newcomers like to introduce themselves? And people, it's your, it's my first time in this meeting. So people look at you. This is raise my head. Hi, my name is Lewis. I guess I'm a compulsive overeater. You've got three minutes left, Lewis. Three minutes? Perfect. Yeah. And then they did it like what felt like 64 times. And what's crazy is, is that, you know, all these people were laughing and hugging and, and I kept thinking to myself, don't you know, life sucks. What are you doing? Don't you know, life's miserable. What's going on? And then, and then I heard my story, you know, and, and then I found out that I wasn't alone. 
And here's the thing, I desperately wanted to not belong. Desperately, desperately wanted to not belong. Um, but here I was amongst my people. And, and I'm so, you know, like someone says it, like, the, you know, the, the welcome home thing at first sounds so hokey, but it's true, right? You know, we're at home here. And I have to treat this, you know, with, with deadly seriousness, you know, and I'll just, you know, not to be Debbie Downer, but I'll, I'll just say this, like, you know, I'm glad we, we take a second to remember those who are still suffering in and out of these rooms, you know, cause before I'll be honest, before I sit there, I'm like thinking about what am I doing later? You know, what time is yoga, whatever, you know, and now, now I, I really take the time to remember those people. You know, in, in, in these five years, you know, I, I've watched two, two men die from this disease. And, and here's the thing, you know, that, that breaks my heart is, is that, you know, when the second guy died a couple of years ago, I forgot about the first one. I forgot all about him. And you know, I need that reminder. So that's why I, I, I treat this, you know, even though it's on Zoom, like a real meeting, right? Like this is, you know, I show up, I pay attention to the speaker because I need to be reminded what it's like. Um, and the thing with those two guys is that, you know, I didn't sit there and go, oh, this poor man, you know? All I thought was like, crap. I was more than halfway there. I was more than halfway there. And thank God today I'm not. Thank God I have a family today, all of you guys. Like I said, if you're struggling today, reach out. More than happy to take your call. If you don't think that you're worthy of this gift, you know, um, my number is 312-804-2623. You can find me on WhatsApp. For the people who are in the room, you can see it in a little box. Call me. Call me and I'll tell you how you're wrong. You're very, very much worthy of this gift. Um, so yeah, thanks for letting me share. Chris, thank you so much for just turning off the recording.